Good evening, Dumb Nation. Episode 34 of Breaking Truth. Dumb Nation, the don't unfriend me. It doesn't mean D-U-M-B. It doesn't matter. (sighs) Episode 34. It's going to be a fun one tonight. I am going to talk about this whole DeSantis controversy and Martha's Vineyard and illegal immigration. And instead of focusing on political theater, whether it be taking illegal immigrants or deportation hearing immigrants who are awaiting their hearing and sending them to Martha's Vineyard, is it trafficking? No, of course it's not trafficking. I mean, come on. Is there a possibility that maybe there was a little bit of a language issue between the two? I would think so. We're going to talk about it tonight. I'm not here to defend DeSantis. I'm I'm here to really put the Democratic Party on notice. And the reason why is you can sit here and try to blame the left or the right, and you would be correct. But when you only try to blame one side, that's when I take umbrage and I take issue and I write a show. Hence, episode 34. I'll be right back. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow. Yes, please do that. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me, also a little segment we do here called Breaking Truth. I'll be walking you through this excursion tonight, and remember, we're 8.30 live on Facebook and all social media, except for YouTube, because I'm dealing with a four-day ban for saying something I didn't say, but that's okay. That's what happens in today's modern day world. Listen, immigration, this has been a problem since we established borders. This isn't an issue that just reared up yesterday. And there's plenty of blame to go around. You can go ahead and address just about every single party and piece of legislation that has taken place since the inception. However, I don't have a problem with that. If you want to call it Republicans, do it. You want to call it Democrats? Fine. But what you don't get to do if you're Democrats is to try to hang it around our neck. It's very similar to the KKK and Jim Crow laws and Japanese internment camps. I don't hold Democrats today accountable, but you're certainly not going to go ahead and hang that around our neck and expect us to carry the weight. You need to take responsibility for the things you've done. And I think when it comes to the border, there's plenty of blame to go around. However, this whole innocence and the Democrats have been here for kindness and sympathy and empathy for the border. Are you kidding me? It is a complete farce. It's very, very close to Supreme Court justices and how they, oh, well, you've taken away, you know, our our favorite, Mr. Merrick Garland, and, and, and you blocked Obama's nomination when they've been doing that for 25 years to Republican federal judges, district judges, and state court judges. This is ridiculous. Of course, I'm here to point out the hypocrisy. And when we do this, this isn't a far really cry from what Republicans are saying, which started way back in 94. And Democrats were always vocal, especially against Hispanic and illegal immigration from Hispanics, Mexico, coming in during the Reagan administration, which predominantly voted for Reagan, which is why they wanted to stop it and stalwart it. And you heard this language from Bill Clinton. But now we hear about the DACA and the DACA recipients and dreamers and how illegal immigration, it shouldn't be called that. They should be called migrants or asylum seekers. It's really tiresome. Trump 
made an offer to the Democrats. And his proposal would include a request for $25 billion for the border wall and another $5 billion for other border security programs, whether that be uh, drones, whether that be security cameras or movement or, or you know, seismic trackers for, for people digging tunnels, et cetera, et cetera. He also proposed the measures to curb family sponsorship of immigrants, which was causing a lot of issues that these sponsorships, these family members would leave and trying to identify the lineage and to ensure that we did enough investigation that these were actually relatives and not people who were posing as relatives would enter more illegal immigrants into the system. And also the visa lottery system, which is a horrible way. We needed a path to citizenship. It guaranteed protection to 700,000 DACA recipients in the United States, and it would create a pathway to citizenship. And overall, it would reduce the flow of illegal immigration that just reached 2 million this year alone. And these policies worked and would have worked. Some of them were implemented. Some were not. Democrats shot it down because of the wall. They wanted Trump to eat crow on his campaign promise. Well, the USMCA and the teardown of NAFTA created the receipts for the wall. Remember, it was his promise that Mexico would pay for it. Well, they most certainly did. Did anyone really think that Mexico was going to write a check to the United States for $25 billion? Of course not. But if you look at Trump's policies before the election, USMCA was always one of the ways he would pay for the wall. And this is a major focus on every trade deal Trump took on. The International Trade Commission calculated that USMCA would add 0.35% or just over $68 billion to economic growth and generate 176,000 jobs over six years. It's just a blip in a $22 trillion economy, but more than enough to pay for the wall twice over. But the reality is that Democrats have moved way far from the party that cited that the flow in drugs and criminal immigrants two decades ago, the same arguments for border security that Republicans use now, the facts on the ground have changed since then. But so have political forces. We're going to listen to a quick video on Democrats talking about their policies, and then we'll follow it up with another one. Watch this. At this point, is this a crisis at the border? Look, I don't think we need to sit here and put new labels on what we have already conveyed is challenging. So first, this is Jen Psaki stating the opinion the of the administration that we don't need to label it a border crisis. It certainly isn't a border crisis. They have been dodging this question ever since the numbers have come out, and she does the same. Our policy teams are working on every single day. They obviously, there was a trip to the border uh, this weekend. They are working uh, over the course of every day uh, since then on putting in place policies that can help address what we're seeing and, and help ensure that we are uh, keeping these kids safe and moving them as quickly as possible from uh, border patrol facilities to, uh, to shelters where they can have access to educational resources, health resources, mental health resources, legal aid, et cetera. Well, I thought we stopped the kids in the cages thing. I guess not. Next video is going to Take a, a blast to the past, all the way to 1995, 2004, during the Barack Obama administration. And I want you to listen to the vernacular, including Hillary Clinton, talk about illegal immigration in the United States. This is just one more example of something that uh, is not thought through and is primarily put forward for political consumption. 
bill before. And remember, it's not a border wall, it's a barrier. Plus, we'll certainly do some good. They will authorize some badly needed funding for better fences and better security along our borders. The fence is now basically complete. Maybe they'll need a moat. Maybe they want alligators in the moat. Secure our borders with technology, personnel, uh, physical barriers if necessary in some places. We will not build a wall. Instead, we will build an economy where everyone who wants a good job can get one. I voted for a fence. I voted, like, unlike most Democrats, and some of you won't like it. I voted for 700 miles. Let me tell you something, folks. People are driving across that border with tons, tons, hear me, tons of everything from byproducts from methamphetamine to cocaine to heroin. And that's still happening, but now we're going to go ahead and introduce fentanyl. And the amount of fentanyl that have come over has come over can kill every single American ten times over. This is still the issue. It's all coming up through corrupt Mexico. And the impulse is to hunker down, shut the gates, build walls, exit at this moment is precisely the wrong answer. Former presidents have said to him that they wish that they had built a wall. Do you I recall don't know President a Obama ever one. saying that? Come on. Construction of a 630-mile border fence create a significant barrier to illegal immigration on our southern land border. All along, the president's saying, well, I'll do DACA and Dreamers in return for the wall. He's got it. President Trump, if you want to open the government, you must abandon the wall. Listen to Schumer's words right there, because they're really important to this whole narrative that, oh, well, if you want a wall, you've got it. Well, just simply ask for it. Well, Donald Trump did. I just explained that to you. The facts on the ground have most assuredly changed, but so, like I said, have the political forces. The makeup of the Democratic Party has changed, and its base has adopted a fundamental, fundamentally really a more progressive attitude on immigration in a relatively short time span. It poses a challenge for party leaders on the Democratic side. In 1994, 32% of Democrats said immigrants strengthen the country because of their hard work and talents. Today, 83% of Democrats feel that way. During that same time frame, the percentage of Democrats who said immigrants are a burden on the country because they take jobs, housing, and health care declined by 50%. In his 1996 State of the Union address, President Bill Clinton proudly told Congress after years of neglect, this administration has taken a strong stand to stiffen the protection of our borders. It's not all that was stiffened under his administration. Listen to this. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. 
We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. You know, I know Bill Clinton gets a, a it's gets a bad rap. You know, cigars and the resolute desk and dresses have a tendency to do that. But honestly, he was a fairly decent president. And listening to him talk, he sounds like a racist. What a racist. What horrible. What a xenophobe. No, we were a nation of laws and Democrats actually talked with rationale back then. And and I'll give it the honest account. Republicans spoke very differently as well. But we have come so far from that tree. When we take a look at that same year Congress passed and Clinton signed into law the Illegal Immigration Reform and Immigrant Responsibility Act of 1996, and throughout the 80s and 90s, key constituencies in the Democratic Party worried about the growing immigration population. For decades, labor organizations had worried that the undocumented immigrants willing to work for less pay would push union wages lower. But the AFL-CIO, who I almost went to work for, and I'm glad I didn't, started to see immigrant labor as a growing base of their membership. And the 2008 Democratic Party platform spoke about both the need to secure the country's borders and hire more customs and border protection agents. But by 2016, the platform only spoke about immigration enforcement in the sense that it needed to be humane. There's one final explanation for the Democrat shift, and that's the influence of immigration activists. And if we look at the numbers, Bill Clinton deported 12.2 million illegal immigrants. Barack Obama was number five. By the way, Bill Clinton was number one. Barack Obama was five with 3.85 million. Donald Trump he didn't even make the top 25. He had 800,000. Why? Because he enforced the law and they stopped coming. Did the Obama administration separate families at the southern U.S. border? And the answer is most unassuredly, yes. Most assuredly, excuse me, yes. In 2015, an article from the ACLU to President Obama, the following statement was made, quote, President Obama wants to continue imprisoning immigrant families, and it's long past time for President Obama to recognize these families for who they are, moms and kids fleeing the persecution, who have a right to apply for refugee status in the United States, not asylum seekers anymore. We changed the lingo. Some families will win their claims, others will lose and be deported, but either way, they shouldn't be detained and denied a full hearing before an immigration judge. If the Obama administration truly respects due process and human rights, it must end family detention now. Well, that doesn't go along with the narrative that the cages were created by Obama. Don't you remember the photo that went across the internet and went viral? How horrible the xenophobe Donald Trump was in his administration for keeping kids in cages? It was started by Obama, and the ACLU was responding to it. Unless now we think the ACLU, a liberal organization, is lying to do what? Defend Donald Trump? Yeah, right. But this isn't just a Democrat problem. This is a Biden problem and a Republican problem, too. But... Republican isn't running the country, Republican doesn't run the Senate, and Republicans don't run the House. Illegal boarding crossings totaled 2 million last year for a simple reason. Joe Biden's open border policies, and that's this year, 2 million, the full year. Go back 365 days, 2 million, that's actually 2.1 million. 
And because of Joe Biden's policies, every state is now a border state. It's just the truth. And for those that think that Florida isn't a border state, it's not just that you have to be bordered by another country. They can be in proximity. Another culture, another language, and people mass exodusing that country makes you a border state. Has anyone seen Cuba, Haiti, South America? Right. All within spitting distance of Florida. It's a border state. And they have had illegal immigration problems for a lot longer than everyone's giving them credit for. Seven days. There's over 900,000 illegal immigrants in Florida. That's a lot. Joe Biden's policies and making every state a border state. We're seeing illegal immigration across the country. His proposal to pay for illegal immigrants, don't you remember this, the $450,000 was completely outrageous and yet another incentive for lawbreaking at the southern border. Joe Biden's repeal of Title 42, it showed his true border policy, let as many illegal immigrants into America as possible. However, he reinstated the expulsion of illegal immigrants quietly and carefully and has been doing it ever since. And numbers are on the rise. In his first year alone, he had over 700,000. He surpassed Trump already. In 2019, former Obama Department of Homeland Security, Jen Johnson, said that during his tenure, he learned that 1,000 apprehensions per day at the southern border would overwhelm the system. In February, the CBP said it averaged almost 3,600 apprehensions per day. When the U.S. president speaks, people take notice. And President Biden's rhetoric and actions have led immigrants to believe that they were promised by the president that they could soon enter the country, which has led to the highest rate of apprehensions in two decades. Despite this, Biden's DHS secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, has refused to call the situation a crisis, and so has his entire administration. In fact, most administration officials have refused to publicly call the situation at the border as a crisis. Until White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki accidentally did before quickly changing her tune, which was the video I showed you at the beginning. If you really want to blame someone for the 50 Martha Vineyard deportees, look no further than Joe Biden. In its apparent desperation to fashion an immigration strategy that will impose order on increasingly out-of-control migration, the Biden administration has unleashed a torrent of words and lofty goals untethered to specific policies and timetables, something that Donald Trump did very well. To date on immigration, officials have effectively reversed and rolled back some of the Trump administration's most pernicious policies, but without a clear roadmap to address the immediate crisis. It's a decades-high surge in illegal border crossing, or the long-term challenge driving migration, dysfunction, disorder, and decay in Central America. He doesn't want to admit that, of course, and so his long defensive statement is full of obfuscation. Don't put words in you have a problem pronouncing, Matthew. Obfuscation. Thank you. Easy for me to say. Falsehoods and misplaced blame. It uses small children as political props, implying that they compromise the bulk of under 18 illegal aliens arriving without family, and it's not true. As three-fourths of those arriving are between 15 and 17 years old, teenagers on the brink of, brink of adulthood. And you can sit here and say that it's all kids arriving at these airports in the middle of the night. That's also not true. Mostly single males over the age of 18. The crisis at the border is a direct result of the Biden administration's radical immigration agenda. It has been created for the purposes of increasing immigration to the United States through legal means. 
And this is the part of the left's agenda to take over elections and get as many illegal aliens as possible voting or on the path to voting. It's purely political play at the expense of American sovereignty, security, and well-being, and it's exactly what we saw during the Reagan years. This agenda of increasing illegal immigration ranges from the loud and clear message to those south of the border that the Biden administration is welcoming them, to the concrete promises of amnesty and the comprehensive undoing of the Trump administration's successful border security and immigration policies. And how can a party turn from legislation that was the backbone of their platform to one of complete abandonment? Easy. Democrat policy is antithetical to the nuclear family and the aspiration to raise a family. In fact, for the first time in U.S. history, people are having less kids than the year before. Abortion, modern-day family values being shunned, support of non-child-producing relationships, no matter what you think about the LGBTQ and, and, and the people within, which it's a completely separate conversation with who they decide to have sex with or who do they decide to partner with. There are less children coming from the LGBTQ side of things. That's just the fact. And it's going to lower the overall population of the United States and how many kids we produce. It's not a question of who you sleep with. It's simply a matter of science. Well, even that's up in the air. This continued deprivation of the inner cities and patriarch and matriarch structure is to blame. They need votes. They need them fast. And when you can't support the family unit because of your outlandish policies, do the next best thing. Open the borders. And once that expires, I'm sure you will hear it is time to allow felons and 16-year-olds to vote. Join the Democratic Party. We recruit the naive and desperate since 1996. Folks, thanks for watching tonight. I appreciate it. Please do me a favor. Give me a like, share, follow, and subscribe. It would mean a great deal. I'm on all social media channels at Don't Unfriend Me Show. You can put it in the thing called Google and find me there. Also, you can stop by Don'tUnfriendMe.com. Get yourself a cool shirt or a hat or coffee or whatever. I would appreciate it. And last but not least, we're live at 830 every single night. I will go out like I always do. The Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. Please provide this number to veterans and civilians alike. They will never turn you away. Thank you so much for watching tonight. I will see you next time on Breaking Truth, brought to you by Don't Unfriend Me. Good night. Thanks for watching Breaking Truth, and please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and follow.